Imagine with me for a moment a black hole, like far out in outer space. You may have heard of how there's such a thing as a black hole, and how these black holes kind of suck everything into it. Like it's, it's really powerful, more powerful than anything else, it seems. And it's dark, it's heavy, and nothing can survive it. Like it just sucks it all in. And this image is, unfortunately, a pretty accurate image of what we become whenever we are selfish. Because those of us, all of us, who are selfish tend to see the world exclusively through our own lives. And we start to pull everything into ourselves and kind of think in terms of, of what's in it for me. But unfortunately, that, that mindset, if left unchecked, it destroys. It, not only does it destroy ourselves, but it also destroys everyone around us. We become these, these heavy, dark, miserable people who are constantly trying to satisfy themselves. But instead, what ends up happening is that we just pull everything into our own and we make everyone worse for it. Now think for a moment instead the image of maybe you have a memory of a time whenever you were with a really good friend. Maybe it's your spouse or maybe it's your best friend or a family member. And like think of a time whenever you were just at your absolute happiest with that person. And probably at that time you were, you know, comfortable in your own skin. You were, in a sense, you were forgetting time. You were just so happy to be exactly where you are with who you were with. That's the opposite of the black hole, you see, because when, when that happens, we, we come to life and we bring life to others. Now think for a moment um, the last time that you went out of your way to help someone, to serve someone. Maybe it was a little bit uncomfortable, maybe it was a little challenging, maybe it was a little messy, who knows, but, but probably I'd be willing to bet the last time that you went out of your way to help someone, did you notice what happened inside of your heart? Did you notice how even though it might have been a little bit difficult, that you came alive a little bit? That there was something within you that, that brought you an interior joy or perhaps a, a sense of peace? There was some type of fulfillment that came because you served, and it, and it made you better for it. And not only were you better for it, the person you served was better for it. And you see how that's such the opposite of the black hole. Like, instead, you are giving yourself, and as you give yourself in love, you generate life. You bring light to others and to the world. But you see, the reality is, is that sooner or later, we all start to slip back into that black hole mentality. Because we're fallen, because we're weak, because we're human, we tend to, without realizing it sometimes, indirectly start taking steps towards that selfishness, towards a life of sin. And again, if left unchecked, if we don't do anything about it, or if we don't pay attention to this, we become heavy, dark, and miserable. We need to be saved from that destiny. We need to be saved from that mentality because we all have that capacity within us. 
for good and for evil. Today in the gospel reading, St. John the Baptist points out Jesus for who he really is. And it happens at the beginning of the gospel story. It was right after he baptized Jesus in the Jordan. And now John the Baptist knows, he realizes that this is God himself. And he points him out to others and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And you know, the Lamb of God, that, that phrase, sometimes you and I can take that for granted because we hear it so often. It's kind of a churchy word. We hear it at Mass every week. But to put it into context, it, it might be helpful for us to be reminded of where this phrase comes from. The idea of a lamb taking away sins or a lamb who saves brings us back to the story of Passover, the story of the Hebrews in slavery in Egypt and how they were set free by God through Moses. And if you remember that story, the, the way that it works, you know, uh, God speaks to Moses and, and, and asks him to set his people free uh, from, from Egypt. So Moses goes to Pharaoh and asks. But whenever he asks, it's, sometimes we, we, we skip over this point. When Moses first asks Pharaoh to set his people free, he gives a reason. And that reason is so that they could go and worship in the desert, so that they could go and offer sacrifice to God. That's a really important point, you see, because Moses was not simply just trying to set them free from slavery. Yes, it's true, he was trying to do that, but but in addition, he was trying to set them free for Worship, so that they can worship God, so that they can offer sacrifice to God. So there, there's a, whenever we talk about salvation, there's a, a twofold dynamic. There's a freedom from something evil and a freedom for something good. So that happened in the story of Passover with Moses. They were set free from slavery and for Worship, and you know, uh, perhaps you remember how the story goes. You know, the the um, God instructs Moses after Pharaoh was obstinate and wouldn't let his people free. He instructs Moses to tell his people to slaughter a lamb, put the blood of the lamb over their doorpost, and into the night the angel of death took the lives of the firstborn sons of the Egyptians who did not have the blood of the lamb over their doorpost, but. For the people of God, the Hebrews, who did have the blood of the Lamb, they were spared from death. And and long story short, set free from Egypt. When St. John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God, we're calling to mind this story of how a lamb, the blood of a lamb, sets us free from something terribly evil and for something incredibly good. He says, behold, the divine lamb, the lamb of God. And he points to his divinity. He says, this this is the one who I've spoken about that, that ranks ahead of me and has existed before me. 
which is interesting, right? Because St. John the Baptist, we know, was six months older than Jesus, but yet he says, existed before me, pointing towards the fact that although Jesus in his humanity was six months younger than John the Baptist, in his divinity, he was eternal and existed long before John the Baptist. And he, he said that the Spirit came down upon him like a dove and rested upon him, again, acknowledging how, like, God is present mysteriously somehow in this man, and he is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. You see, just as the blood of the Lamb in the Passover story saved the people, it also gave them a new identity. It marked them with a new identity as the chosen people of God. And later in the Exodus story, there are even like Moses sprinkles blood from a sacrifice upon them, establishing a new familial covenant. But just as that new identity was given to the, to the Israelites, we receive a new identity in our baptism. Because of the blood of Jesus, we become something new by our baptism, that no longer are we just creatures loved by God. I mean, that's really important and good, certainly. But now, even further, like, because of our baptism, we are sons and daughters. We are divinized humans. We share in the divinity of God. We have access to God who is close to us. We have a new identity in Christ because we are grafted onto the mystical body of Christ. And this is all because of the divine Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who sets us free from sin and for good. So the question I want you to reflect upon this morning is this. How free do you feel? You know, because we all need to be free from sin, certainly, but how free do you feel for love? Like, like not the sentimental uh, love, like the watered-down version of love that, that the secular culture tries to, to proclaim, but like real love, like doing good for another, like truly desiring what's best for the other rather than primarily for yourself. How free do you feel to live that kind of life? Maybe you've tried to learn a language before and, um, and you've realized how difficult that is. And at the beginning process of learning a new language, you realize like it's just frustrating. It's, it seems arbitrary. It's like you, you feel bound because you want to communicate, but you can't. You want to communicate with this person that it speaks only exclusively in that other language, but you can't fully express yourself because you don't know the language yet. And sometimes we feel that way about love. Like, like sometimes love, we, we feel bound, we, we're not able to truly love because we feel like it's just an arbitrary set of rules, this moral, morality stuff. And, and we feel like, you know, the church is just making up things to make our lives miserable and that Jesus' teachings are just not attainable. But, but in so doing, we become bound and we become sucked further and further into the black hole. And instead, we're not able to fully love, to fully speak the language of real love, the type of love that looks outward towards the other. So how free do you feel? 
Think about uh, maybe, you know, the last time you disagreed with somebody. Did you get all angry and frustrated and run to your next closest friend and start gossiping and tearing that person alive? Or maybe uh, think about that, you know, that, that coworker or that person uh, in school with you that's just a little annoying or inconvenient. They were in need and you were busy. You didn't have time for them. Or maybe uh, think about, you know, time with your family. After a long day, you're tired. After, you know, work or school or whatever, you come home and, and you just want to rest. And so you, you know, you, you turn on the TV or you pull out your phone and you start scrolling and, and a person in your family wants to talk. They want to express themselves and, and seek communion with you through a, a healthy relationship, but, but you just don't have time for that because you need to rest and look at this screen. How free do you feel in those moments? How free are you to love? You see, because whenever we pour ourselves out, seek the other and seek to serve the other, even in those moments, especially in those moments when we're tired, when it's inconvenient, whenever we're not okay, that's whenever we discover life. It's in the self-gift that we discover freedom, that we discover energy, that life is generated through our love rather than being frustrated and seeking to satisfy ourselves by ourselves. How free do you feel? If you feel like your love is lacking, if you feel like your love is falling short, if you desire to love more than you typically do, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John points him out, and we point him out today again. Behold, the Lamb of God. Every time we come to Mass, the priest towards the end of the Eucharistic prayer elevates the Eucharist, the bread that became Jesus. And the priest says, behold, the Lamb of God. And that's that moment where we imagine ourselves like being pulled out of the black hole and into Jesus. Thanks be to God, there is something more powerful than the black hole in the universe. The only thing more powerful, in fact, is God himself. And he's right here in the Eucharist. Behold, he wants to draw you out of your selfishness into the freedom of divine love, into the freedom of life, which comes only by the blood of Jesus only by the Lamb of God. So what do we do? What do we, how do we get out of this? How do we become more loving? Well, it starts with letting Jesus draw you. Let him pull you out. Let him love you right where you are. And as he loves you, receive that love and give it away as soon as possible. Share that love. Don't keep it in for yourself. As he loves you, share it. And as you share it, you discover more life and more freedom and more fulfillment. And others receive the same gift from you. How free do you feel? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Today as we continue with this Mass, I hope that, that the Eucharist and that moment in Mass takes on a little bit more of meaning. Perhaps today as, as we, we elevate that host and you're kneeling down and you look upon the Eucharist, perhaps today you can imagine being pulled out of the black hole and into Jesus, caught up into divine life. Perhaps today, 
we can behold the divine Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.